This week, many people were talking about the amazing conjunction of the planets Saturn and Jupiter. Some people were referring to this, even amongst secular people, as the Star of Bethlehem Returns, version 2020, something that has not been seen in 800 years. And indeed, it is kind of interesting to think about what it would have been like on that first Christmas and what the Star of Bethlehem would have looked like. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, at least as a child, when I heard of the Star of Bethlehem, I was kind of thinking of like a, a searchlight almost in the sky or a spotlight that would shine down upon exactly the spot of the manger. And so that's how the, the Magi, the wise men, knew where to go. It's like, go here, big light. Well, of course, as I got older, I became rather enamored of science and the sky and the stars. And I know I would look up and I'm like, you know, how does a star point to something? And I'm like, you know, even if it was a really, really bright star, I mean, the moon is brighter than any star in the night sky and it doesn't point to anything. In fact, really, the sun, when it's out in its full brightness during the day, still doesn't point to anything. And surely the star of Bethlehem was not brighter than the sun because then it would be daytime. So what was this star of Bethlehem? It couldn't just be a bright light in the sky. Well, in the tradition of the church, there, there are kind of two options. One, and St. Augustine believed this, that the, the star of Bethlehem was actually a supernatural light. There was no natural explanation. It was not a normal star in the sky, nor a supernova or a comet or anything like that. It was just a supernatural bright light, almost like the, the column of fire that went before the children of Israel as they left Egypt with Moses, that sort of thing. And that kind of made sense to me, because whatever it was, it couldn't be so bright that everyone would see it, because when the Magi arrive in Jerusalem and say, hey, the newborn king has come, where is he? Herod doesn't even know what they're talking about. Like, what star? What, what light? King? What? So it can't be something obvious. Rather, I think this conjunction of, of Saturn and Jupiter. Origen, another famous church person, believed that, well, it could be something like that. And that makes more sense to me that, okay, it would be something that if you're paying attention, you would notice. Now, be honest, how many of you, if the news hadn't been talking about it all week, would have gone out on Monday night and said, oh my gosh, look at that. Jupiter and Saturn are right next to each other. Mm, probably not. In fact, for me, who is a bit of a star geek, uh, I was kind of laughing at all the lead up to this because I'm like, okay, people are expecting to like, oh my goodness, Jupiter and Saturn are come together. And like for a moment, it's going to be like, boom, incredible bright light. I'm like, uh, no, Jupiter is way brighter than Saturn. And even if Saturn were like right in front of it, it's not going to be any brighter than like Venus is. Go check out Venus, the morning star. If you want to see a really bright star, that's, that's nice. Check that out. So I, I kind of knew, like, people are going to be really underwhelmed by this whole great conjunction thing. Okay, so that's what happened. People went out Monday and they're like, that's it? Like, the, the big dot with the little dot next to it, that's the star of Bethlehem? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Take it or leave it. The problem with the conjunction thing is that it's more of an idea than a, a big hit-you-over-the-head experience. The idea is that this hasn't happened in 800 years, and that's pretty amazing. Or that at least as we view it from Earth, 
Saturn and Jupiter came pretty close. Now, spoiler alert, they're actually millions of miles apart and there was no danger of them hitting each other. It's just that it, it lines up from Earth's perspective once about every 800 years that, that close. But it's, it's more in our heads. It's, it's an idea. It's not some bright light sensory experience. You have to kind of think about it. In some ways, that's uh, a little bit like our, our gospel today. Uh, I love this kind of third mass of Christmas, where the, the gospel is not about angels in the, the fields revealing Jesus. It's not about the baby in the manger. It's, it's not even about the, the shepherds like at Mass at dawn. Uh, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, that is the greatest idea that has ever happened in the history of the world. Since God made the world in the beginning, nothing greater has ever happened than the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. But I don't know about you. It probably, as I was reading it, it probably didn't give you that like warm, fuzzy feeling of like, oh, I just need a cup of eggnog right now, and where's my Christmas tree? I just want to hug my Christmas tree. The Word was made flesh and made His dwelling among us. Okay, maybe not so much. That's because the danger is that this would remain just an idea, just in our heads. We were not made just for ideas, brothers and sisters. That's why we have bodies. We need to experience things tangibly. So notice what the Magi did after they saw this star, whatever it was. It wasn't enough just for them to think about it in their head and say, isn't that great? A new king has been born. They said, no, we've got to go. We are going to physically get on our camels and ride miles across the desert to go to Jerusalem to see this newborn king. And what did they do when they get there? The scriptures say that they, they presented their gifts, sure, but then it says that with their bodies, they literally, it says in the, the Greek, they just lay on their face. They fell on the ground before Jesus and worshiped him. What was it that, that made them go all the way from the east to Jerusalem to Bethlehem? Not just a star, not just an idea, but a physical, concrete, tangible person that they wanted to be in his presence. Notice they, they didn't really do anything when they got there. They got there, they prostrated themselves, and then they went home. They just wanted to be with him. I'm like, why did they? They didn't come ask for a job in the new king's administration. They didn't try to get anything for themselves. They just wanted to be there. And, and I think... For this Christmas 2020, we can all relate to this kind of desire to be in the presence of people. Because this year, quite frankly, and this Christmas especially, we feel it, we're not allowed to be in the presence of a lot of people that we love and care about. Social distance, stay apart. A lot of you are here this morning and uh, the seats next to you are empty that would normally be filled by family and, and friends, and this whole church would normally be filled with the presence of so many of the people of God, and yet we experience this Christmas a bit of an absence. But perhaps it's, it's good that we can experience in the absence something that should be there. We as human beings with bodies want to be around those we love. We want to we wanna see their faces. We want to give them a hug. I, I admit, I was not a hugger growing up. But a couple years ago, I became a hugger. 
it's kind of nice, actually. And I, I really miss it. It is Christmas. I want to see my family and friends. And even when you can be with people, they're like, don't touch me. Don't touch me, COVID. I'm like, yes. I wear a mask with my parents. It's weird. You know, I, I want to hug people. I want to touch them. I want to be in their presence because that's what we're made for as human beings. Well, our God knows this. He, he knew it 2,000 years ago when he came to us in Bethlehem. God, the Word, who was in the beginning, did not want to stay just an idea in our heads. He knows we want to concretely, tangibly touch things. The people that we love, we want to be with them in their physical presence. That's why he came not as an idea or even a a smoke on a mountain or a wind or an earthquake, as in the Old Testament. He says, I'm going to be with you and with you as one of you so that you can you can touch me you can hold me that's what the little baby in bethlehem is you know a lot of times we don't want to touch other people even when it's not covid but a little baby even people who aren't huggers well they'll go pick up a little baby like it's nothing or or oh look at you little baby grab their hand there's nothing more innocent and just screams out touch me than a, a little baby How perfect that our God came like this. That not only could we touch him, but we would have no fear whatsoever to reach out and touch the little baby in the manger. He became concrete, tangible, so that we could be in his presence. This this whole nativity scene idea was the idea of St. Francis in the 13th century. He's like, I I don't want to even just think about the idea of Christmas. I want to see Christmas. I want to be in the stable where Jesus was born. I want to smell the hay and the the ox and the donkey, and I want to see the baby Jesus in the manger. I want a concrete, tangible experience of God born at Bethlehem. So he created the the idea of the little manger scene, and not with little figurines. He's like, no, I want animals. He went out, he got a friend to get him an ox and a, a donkey, and he made a little manger, and he put a little carved baby in the manger, and it says he just cried because it became real to him. Four years ago, when I was pastor at Sacred Heart Parish in Mound City, uh, it was my first Christmas there, and they said, well, we do this living nativity thing. I'm like, okay, that's nice. Like, people are gonna dress up and we'll sing. I came out to the living nativity. They had goats, sheep, a, a donkey. They had an actual camel. I'm kidding, I'm not kidding. In the middle of rural Kansas in the middle of nowhere I come out of my church and there is a camel in my parking lot I mean that says Christmas tangible right there one of the one of the people even kissed the camel okay that's that's getting down I want to I want to touch and taste Christmas I'm going to kiss a camel I want it so much our God knows that we need this we need to be in his presence so Imagine if all we had of God, concrete, tangible with us, was a a memory of Bethlehem of 2,000 years ago, a memory of the 33 brief years that Jesus spent on earth. What if that were all we had and that you and I, now 2,000 years later, were left with just an idea again? An idea that God became flesh and dwelt among us, and that's, that's great, but what if that were it? 
Well, brothers and sisters, the reason you are here today, physically in this church, is not because of merely some idea 2,000 years ago. You have the same spirit in you that the Magi had when they saw the star. They had to go and be in his presence. The same spirit that you feel right now, maybe of sadness, that there are people absent that you want to be with. It's that same spirit that brought you here this morning because you don't want just an idea in your head. You want to be physically in the presence of God. And praise God, that is exactly what we have in the Eucharist and really in all the sacraments. Our God who made us knows that we need this. And so what did he give us when he left us? Not an idea. He gave us a church, concrete, tangible, not an idea, but a church you can find, a church you can go and say, that's Jesus's church. I can touch it. I can talk to the people. You want to experience physically God when you get sick? Call for the priest, St. James says. We will come. We will lay our hands on you and anoint you with the holy oil. I got to do that just this week for someone who hadn't received a visit in a long time. I brought not just my presence as a priest, as great as that is, but the presence of Jesus in the sacraments. If you, if you sin, if you feel far from Jesus, and maybe that's some of you this morning, you haven't been here in a long time, maybe. You dared to come out in COVID, and maybe there's something not right with you and God. You want to be right with Jesus? You don't have to think about it in your head. Oh, God, please forgive me. I didn't hear anything. No, Jesus says you need to hear it so you can go to a priest who in the person of Jesus Christ will say to you in a way that your own ears can hear it, I absolve you from your sins. That's Jesus concretely, tangibly talking to you. You want to express the, the greatest love of human being on earth in marriage? It's not an idea in your head. You want to concretely, physically express it and have it blessed by Jesus in the church. These are real, tangible encounters with God. And of course, the greatest of these is in the Eucharist that we celebrate here today. Jesus Christ, the same little baby at Bethlehem that was born 2,000 years ago. You want to be like the, the Magi and go bow down and worship before him? Be my guest. He will be made present on the altar today. And what a, a beautiful thing that that little baby that dwells in our, our manger dwells in our, our tabernacle over here every single day. We can come and be in his presence. People who aren't even Catholic will come sometimes and sit in our church and say, what, what, what is in the box over there? There's, there's something about this place. What's different? That's presence. The presence of the living God is here. And if you think about it, that's the only reason why you are here this morning. You could have stayed home and, and watched things on TV. And, and God bless those who are with us live stream. We know you'd want to be here if you could, but you can't. So you're doing the best you can. But watching it on TV or thinking about it or watching something else is not the same as being here in the physical presence of God and receiving God that you can touch and taste and hold that's what we want as human beings. We want to be there. And today, brothers and sisters, you are there. You are no different than the, the shepherds on Christmas night who got to go and be there. The magi who saw the star and came long distances and fell on their face before God. You're there. You are in his presence in the Eucharist celebrated this morning.
but you have something that the Magi, the shepherds, and even on that night that Mary and Joseph didn't have. In the Eucharist, you not only get to be in the presence of God, but you get to take that presence into your own body. This is something that no one in the history of the world ever imagined. That's why you're here. You've got to have the Eucharist, the physical, tangible encounter that our human hearts long for with the living God. And unlike the Magi that had to go home and leave the Christ child in the manger, when you encounter Jesus today, he leaves with you. And I pray that you never leave him. Jesus Christ is born for us today. Not 2,000 years ago, but today. Today you are here in his presence. So what will you do? Bow down, worship him, and when you leave, stay in his presence because he wants to stay with you.